Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salente, and it's Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. And as every Wednesday so far, we're very lucky to have with us for a number of years, a man of men, a true patriot, an American patriot who honors the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and knows about it. And I'll put anybody up against them any place, anywhere, about what America was founded upon by the founding fathers, what the Constitution Declaration of Independence and Bill of Rights means and how we've lost it and we're losing it again. And we have with us to talk about it, some of our losses and their dollars and no cents. Uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, thanks for being here today. Uh, Gerald, always a pleasure. Thank you for your generous, generous over-the-top introduction as always. No, 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 it's the truth. You know, you have an article coming out the Constitution, again, Congress and government debt. And as we all know, anybody that, of course, that's tuned in, the deep debt this country is in and how the imbeciles and morons, the jerks and low lives that we call politicians, keep putting us deeper and deeper in debt, keep stealing more and more of our money to give to the military industrial complex and their the big banksters and the other gangsters. And now they're at it again. We have a $31.4 trillion, $31.4 trillion deficit. And they want to make it bigger. And um, judge you right here, you talk about the 14th Amendment. And yesterday I heard that President Biden said that if they didn't uh, do what he wants and renewing the debt levels, that he may impose the 14th Amendment. So could you tell us more about that? Yeah, so, um, you know, the country uh, operated under pay-as-you-go. You know, the government did not spend more than it needed. At times it borrowed. But before the Civil War, cash was gold and silver coins. The Constitution does not authorize the government to issue paper money. During the Civil War, they... Uh, government issued paper money to the tune of $450 million. It used that to pay its own debts. It caused rampant inflation, and eventually those dollars uh, became worthless. So at the end of the uh, Civil War, the government was saddled with $3 billion in debt. How to pay that debt? So it forced the Southern states to ratify the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments in order to come back in the Union, in order to get the federal troops out of the uh, southern cities. And the 14th Amendment prohibited the southern states from going into court and challenging the federal debt because 95% of that federal debt was owed to people that had financed the Civil War, which was fought against the southern states. So in order to prevent uh, southern legislatures from refusing to collect money. In those days, there was no income tax. The federal government assessed the states and the states extracted the taxes from the taxpayer and sent their assessments to the federal government. In order to prevent the states from refusing to do that, and in order to prevent the courts from interfering with that, the 14th Amendment has a clause in there that says the federal debt as authorized by law shall not be questioned. Joe Biden, under the advice of Professor, Professor Larry Tribe of Harvard, claims that that phrase, 
the debt shall not be questioned, allows the president to borrow and spend whatever he wants. That, of course, is absurd because they're omitting as authorized by law. If Congress doesn't authorize the debt, then the president can't incur the debt. So the Congress has said to old Joe, spend this money, but don't borrow in order to spend it. Republicans don't want to uh, raise taxes uh, and they only want to give him a trillion and a half to spend, uh, to borrow. He wants open-ended borrowing so that he can spend four trillion, raise the debt from 31.4 to 35.4 in one year is what he wants to do. That's the dilemma that he's in now. If Joe Biden starts um, getting money from the Fed beyond the debt limit, he will be violating the law, and I hope the courts will enjoin him. On the other hand, this is all Congress's fault. You pointed it out in the introduction. What the hell kind of a, of a society reelects a mentality that drives it into $31 trillion in debt? We are still paying the debt, interest on the debt, from the money Woodrow Wilson borrowed to fight World War I. He borrowed $30 billion. Do you know what the interest payments are so far? $15 billion. Oh. Only the federal government, only the federal government would pay a 50% interest rate and not retire the principal. And any of us that have tough times and we can't pay a mortgage or any other debt, take it away from them. You don't, you don't deserve to get a break. Only the government could steal money and borrow as much as it can. All you plantation workers of Slavelandia, if you can't pay your debt on your car, on your house, you lose it. You got it? Those are the laws for you, but we're special. We make up the laws for ourselves and do what we want. We're the politicians. This is disgusting. And, you know, you think about it, you know, sad as I am when I see the events going on today. And then you mentioned the Civil War. My God. How many people died in that? 750,000. More Americans died in that war than in all wars combined from the revolution up to Afghanistan. And the destruction, the burning down of buildings and from centuries old, all destroyed. Well, Sh Sherman's army, I mean, burnt banks, burnt courthouses, uh, raped ladies, burned uh, burned farmhouses. I mean, that army just uh, devastated, sort of like the Dresden firebombing that uh, uh, Truman did at the end of World War II. Uh, that's what uh, the North did to Georgia uh, and uh, to South Carolina. L Lincoln and the radical Republicans were monsters. Uh, they could have ended slavery with a simple piece of legislation. Instead, they preferred the blood of 750,000 people. And as you said, it wasn't about slavery. It was about power. It was about central government uh, power. It was about collection of tariffs. It was about Washington, D.C. obliterating uh, the state uh, sovereignty. Uh, Ronald Reagan said in his uh, first inaugural address, let me remind you that the states formed the federal government and not the other way around. Now, if I had been the scrivener for Reagan, I would have said, 
and the power that the states gave to the federal government voluntarily, they can voluntarily take back. Now, that line is not in there. That's the line that I would have put in there. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a we're, we're in a very and when you you know, you look at what's going on with this whole thing. The could you imagine a country? I mean, this is this is a thirty one point four trillion dollars worth of debt. If this went on in another country, you know, like in Argentina, and you see the, the trouble that they're in with their inflation rate and the the decline of their their uh, was it the peso that they have there? Uh, it, it's this is the same thing. This is like a third world country level of debt because the bottom line is of this, as I see it, this is the beginning of the death of the dollar. Mm. You got it right there. Wow. And that's from April 4th. And this is what's going on. The world has had enough of America's economic and military hegemony. They don't want it anymore. So they're, back, they're getting off the dollar, and you see what's going on with gold prices. As we're speaking now, spot gold is at $2,040 an ounce. Wow. So when you're talking about this debt level, what they're not talking about in the media is how the rest of the world looks at this and saying, why do I want dollars when these people are so deep in debt and they're just printing up money backed by nothing and printed on nothing? So this is very serious. And also what's very serious is that, you know, what you said about um, what Reagan said and what you said, uh, how he should continue to say about the rights of the people and the states to tell the government what to do, not the other way around. And that's why I say that you should be among the people leading this country. I want to show you a, a clip that we did back in the early January. And as you well know, now on April 15th of this year, Robert Kennedy Jr. announced that he's running for president. And I've been saying for the longest time, Robert Kennedy Jr., well, let me play the tape. It speaks for itself. Here's my suggestion, Alex, and I would love to hear your comment. Put on the ticket RFK Jr. for president and Judge Andrew Napolitano for vice president. They could inject the anti-war, pro-peace, anti-nuclear war, anti-Armageddon ideas into the debates. They can force their way in and put that on the referendum in the next election or even sooner. They could hit the campaign trail now. What do you think? Do you think that'd be a winning ticket? I think it's an absolutely genius move, and I think they should do it now to stop nuclear war. And they they would not be ignored. It would galvanize people. We could get huge anti-war demonstrations going again. And I think it would unify the left and right. And it's something we need to do right now. Very uh, generous of you and generous uh, of Alex. Look, you and I <clears throat> have been talking about this for years, going back to my career at Fox when you and I first met. And now in our happy 
uh, weekly uh, sessions together. We really have one party in Congress. It's the big yep. government party. It's the war party. Their differences are not substantive. They all want to redistribute wealth. They all want to tell us how to live. None of them believes that the Constitution means what it says. Bobby Kennedy, notwithstanding uh, being uh, the inheritor of a liberal uh, Democrat uh, legacy, gets it. Bobby Kennedy understands the government can't get any bigger, can't keep telling us how to live, can't keep taking from the haves and giving to the have-nots, has to respect the right that you own your own body and you decide what you do with your own body, can't keep, now I'm quoting somebody I never thought I'd quote, French President Emmanuel Macron, can't continue the American rhythm of endless wars. Bobby gets that. No Republican is saying that. And certainly the White House is not saying that. Only Bobby is. I think a lot of libertarians will find a lot to like in Bobby and nothing to like in Joe Biden and whoever the Republican nominee may be. Republicans are not interested in freedom. They're just interested in their version of big government. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, perfectly said. I mean, look at freedom. I mean, look at look at the uh, little Georgie Bush and his daddy. You like the first Iraq war? No, I like the second one better. Love the Afghan war. And all those all those Democrats, those peace loving Democrats. Oh, Barack Obama, the Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner. I want that guy Assad out of there in Syria. I want that guy Gaddafi out of there in, in Libya. Oh, how many people died in Syria so far? Oh, only about 625,000. Oh, and you destroyed Libya, the richest country in Africa, where people had more rights than most of the world and benefits. Oh, yeah, did a great job. No, you, it's, it's a one-party system. It's a crime syndicate. They're murderers and thieves. And if you're looking at the murder record, all you have to do is look at the war. And if you look at the thief record, hey, we're too big to fail. We're the big banksters. Give us all the money. Look at the deal they just did with J.P. Morgan Chase. Buying up First Republic. Right. It's the biggest bank in America. They just made it bigger. And they, oh, well, by the way, we'll back you. Here's $50 billion just in case. Oh, right. we'll, we'll cover your losses, too. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, and where does, that 50, where does that $50 billion come from? They just add zeros to Chase's account at the Fed. What the heck does that do to inflation? Spikes it. Doesn't hurt Chase, but hurts everybody else. Yeah, we need a new way. And and I, I have to tell I, I am forecasting that RFK Jr. will be the next president of the United States. Mm. You look at the polls, the poll numbers show it. The people don't want Biden and they don't want they don't want Trump. You're looking at Biden's popularity rating right now at an all-time low. Well, Bobby so, Kennedy's numbers went from uh, 14 to 20. No, no, that's the percentage of Democrats who say they would vote for him in the Democratic primary if the primary uh, were held today. And he's courageous. You know, he's not afraid to touch the third rail. How many politicians uh, condemned the, the lockdowns, condemned the vaccines? Very, very few. How many politicians say today, this is like Ron Paul, you own your own body. Very, uh, very, very few. And then when he said over the weekend on Sean Hannity's show of all places, the CIA killed my uncle and my father. I mean, that's the third rail and, and the mainstream media 
is covering that uh, with with seriousness and his poll numbers uh, go up. I mean, he is a model of personal courage and uh, understanding that the Constitution means what it says. And uh, he, knows, he knows that the CIA uh, has become a secret army, a secret torture uh, enterprise, uh, and that it probably uh, should be gotten rid of because he believes that they engineered the murders of his father uh, and uh, his uncle. You know, JFK gave that famous speech at American University in June of uh, 63. It was the second best speech he ever gave. The best was his inaugural. And in that speech, he, he basically said, no more arms race. We're going to shake hands with the Russians. They're people like we are. They're, they're our brothers. Uh, we're going to trade with them. They're going to become uh, prosperous, and that prosperity will bring about freedom, and we will become uh, more prosperous. A month later, the guy who signed the legislation making creating the CIA wrote an op-ed in the um, Washington Post lauding Kennedy to the skies and saying the CIA should go. They are monsters. This is not what I created. Harry S. Truman. In those days, there were three daily editions of the Washington Post, morning, afternoon, and evening. The op-ed appeared in the morning. They killed it in the afternoon and the evening because wow. of the control the CIA had over the media. Three months later, JFK is dead. Yep. And again, it's not what the, the CIA had then controlled over the media. It's that they still control. Oh, yes. Yep. I mean, today, today, why is the uh, media in favor of the war? Because the CIA keeps feeding its secrets and these Guys at the Washington Post and, and even the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times uh, think that they're getting scoops on everybody else. And all they're doing is mouthing the propaganda uh, that comes from the CIA. You know where truth comes from? Truth comes from courage. Like this kid, Jack Teixeira, who had the courage to reveal the, the state secrets that the Ukraine is losing and the government knows it's losing and the government expects it to lose and the government is lying to us and still sending money over there. That's the truth. And the media doesn't want to print it. The truth is courage. That's a great, that's uh, that's, that's wonderfully said. Oh, by the way, they just they're sending another $1.2 billion to Ukraine to keep blooding the killing fields. Wow. And Europe sent, just sent another uh, a billion. So uh, this is just going to keep going. And Kennedy's also come out against the war. Matter of fact, it was almost like he repeated word for word what we wrote in the Trends Journal back in 2014 when the United States overthrew the democratically elected government of Viktor Yanukovych. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. also said it was the United States coup and that you know he's totally opposed to what Putin has done, as we've said the same thing. But... You know, we have to have peace and we just can't keep ramping this up. So he's on the same page as us with many, many issues. And people get excited because, he, you know, the, the stupid comment he made about climate change. But he also came out now and said that the climate change movement isn't what he envisioned with the Gates and the billionaires now in control of it. It's not what he was thinking about. Remember, this guy's an environmental lawyer. And, and, and again, you know, climate change, how about all... How about all the forever chemicals that are in everything? 
You know, how about, how, how about the way they're poisoning us in, in, in a thousand different ways? How about all the little tiny micro pieces of plastic that are now in our intestines? Yeah. Because we can ingest them, but we can't pass them. Yeah. And you remember that movie, The Graduate? <laughs> plastic. <laughs> plastic. Didn't you so, know Ann Bancroft in those days? <laughs> You I know what her real name was? I forget her real name, but it was something like Salentano. It wasn't Bancroft. <laughs> Italiano. Right. <laughs> My sister went to school with her at Columbus uh, High School in the Bronx. Wow. Yeah. Those are the days. Yeah. Judge, thanks for being on. Thank you. for uh, What a pleasure. Do. What a pleasure, Gerald. Thank you. I love these Wednesdays. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay. See you next week. Bye-bye. You got it.